From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Number two, the hour we always enjoy here on the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And my partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado. And my friends have joined me here, Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson, of course, of Circa Sports. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Good to be back with you again. Big party here in downtown Las Vegas on uh, New Year's Eve? Yeah, it was something. It was uh, it was something. Uh, record, uh, record ticket sales out on Fremont Street, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it got a little chilly, but uh, everybody was in uh, in a great mood, and uh, everybody had a great time. And it lasted into the wee wee hours, uh, to the point where uh, we had a pretty interesting transition for the early uh, nine o'clock games, <laughs> and the and the New Year's Eve revelers were still uh, struggling their way back home. Very good. We are on to 2022, and of course, we're on to 2022 for the Circa Millions and the Circa Survivor. The first week of the new year, the final two weeks of the contest, we're in the fourth of the fifth week for the Circa Millions quarterly prize. I I mean, this is where it gets crazy, right? I, I think we had that sweat party, if I recall, last year was still maybe five or six weeks left in the season. I, I can't remember. It seemed like it came earlier last year, but uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here, gentlemen. Absolutely. Obviously, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, two weeks left here in the season, uh, an exciting race in the fourth quarter, uh, and then obviously our, our five Survivor contestants left. So as we kind of turn the calendar year and, uh, you know, wrap up the NFL regular season, uh, certainly looking forward to sweating some of this stuff uh, with our contestants and, uh, you know, hope for a great week of football. All right, let's get to the top five most popular picks, the consensus five picks in the Circa Millions contest. Mr. Benson. Yeah, a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, Week four of quarter four, as you mentioned, it's a uh, five-quarter week. Uh, Currently, after three weeks, we have one person who's 15-0 and uh, and four people who are 14-1. and Uh, When you look at the overall season-long results up to this point, uh, Hannibal Barca continues to lead uh, with one of his entries. Uh, he has a one-point lead on the field, uh, and then his second entry uh, is one point behind, uh, and he is tied for second as well. So certainly a, a good start for him, uh, looking to close uh, a strong st- uh, season for him. And then conversely, when you look at the booby prize, uh, Jiggy Jack leads the booby prize uh, race uh, with uh, by three losses. Uh, he's at 28.75% mm. for the year. Uh, so a, a three-game lead at that point, uh, pretty sizable. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're going for uh, big money in the full season-long standings uh, and certainly some exciting picks here this week. 
Yeah, I love the uh, booby prize option. It really adds such an element, not only introducing the quarterly prizes, but uh, for those of you thinking about playing in Circa Millions next year, remember you can try to finish in last as well. Yeah, Jeff, say that again. Hannibal Barker's record this year is what? 71.25%. So conversely. What, what, exactly Exactly what was his? 57 and 23. 57 and 23. Jiggy Jack at 23 and 57. Yeah. Jiggy Jack is like the secretariat of boobies. This is unbelievable. <laughs> a three-game three lead by himself with only 10 selections to go. It's this is huge. unheard of. He's, yeah. He's really in the driver's seat. Absolutely. And you said Barca, Hannibal Barca, just has a one-game lead, but also has a one-game lead over himself, his second entry, right? Correct. I believe there's three people with 56 wins. Uh, so he is pacing the field by one win, his second entry, uh, is also tied for second. So uh, certainly an exciting race as we come down to the finish here. All right. Well, let's see who the most popular picks are, the top five this week in the Circa Millions. Yeah, uh, certainly no surprise. I think it's a record number of entries. Uh, Packers minus seven uh, versus the Sean Mannion-led Vikings. Uh, that had a total of 1,921 selections uh, and was the most popular choice this week in the Circa Million Three. The Rams minus three and a half versus the Ravens with 1,339 selections was the second overall most popular choice. The Titans minus three versus the Dolphins with 1,044 selections uh, was the third most popular choice this week. Working our way down, the Cardinals plus six on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. That had a total of 963 selections and was the fourth most popular choice. And then last but not least, uh, on Monday Night Football, the Steelers plus three and a half in Big Ben's final home game versus the Cleveland Browns with 887 selections. To recap one more time, Brady, the Packers minus seven, the Rams minus three and a half, the Titans minus three, the Cardinals plus six, and to close it out, the Steelers plus three and a half. Three favorites and two underdogs. Mr. Salinas, any of those surprise you? Of course, uh, it's no surprise that the Packers are number one with the contest line being at minus seven. And then we got the news after the fact that Cousins will be out, that live line now at about minus 13. But anything else there that catches your eye? As a six-point underdog, you're going against Dallas. Now, is it Dallas going to feel like now that they've wrapped up the the – their division title, what are they playing for? I think this is a revenge game for Dallas, considering that was the game last year where they hosted Arizona right after Dak Prescott, the game that he went down, and they got throttled at home 38-10. to 10. We saw that last week where Dallas wanted to exact some revenge from how they got handled by the Washington football team a year ago. I think the same thing as far as motive is concerned with the Cowboys. They're going to come ready to play and bring it with the Cardinals team that I think their uh, their psyche might be a little fractured right now. Are you a little surprised uh, by the sentiment there, maybe for the Steelers? Is that a, are people betting on the Big Ben deal there, Jeff? Are you seeing that at the window as well, or do you think they're just playing three and a hook? I think they're just playing three and a hook. Obviously, it's a division game. Probably going to be cold there in Pittsburgh, and uh, obviously Cleveland's been very inconsistent all year. So I, I think it's more of a number play than anything uh, to do with sentiment. All right, let's get to Circus Survivor. Mr. Stevens, you control that uh, contest there on the show here. And boy, five entries remaining. The inherent value of each person's ticket that is left is 1.2 Milski. Yeah, this is uh, this is really something. You know, we've, it is. I've had the opportunity to be on a lot of the shows this weekend. You know, all the speculation of who's taking who's taken who. Uh, you know, to think about this as an open contest with over 4,000 participants back at the beginning of the season, we're down to five. And 
now the whole country's really kind of rooting on rooting on these guys and uh, and trying to figure out uh, which which move they're going to make because the strategy here, I think there's a lot to be learned with with the strategy of how these guys are playing it to teach us all a little bit something about next year here. So I'm going to go through this now. Each one of these individuals is going to get named here. I mean, these final five, we're going to we're going to really try to celebrate them. And I'm going to do it in an order, not quite uh, the same order as maybe what you see on. But I want to talk about Chris Piper uh, first off. Chris Piper, he has, um, you know, his his alias is very, very uniquely um, not covered up because Chris Piper is Chris Piper 1. Okay. And Chris Piper 1 um, took the Chargers. We expected him to take the Chargers. That was the clear play um, for Chris Piper coming in. Um, that was – he was in a situation where – some of the other teams that other contestants had the opportunity to take um, weren't available, and it was pretty clear that Chris Piper was going to take the Chargers, which he did. Um, my cool, um, my cool is interesting. He has Kansas City left available, but took the 49ers. So we thought the two entrants that had the 49ers available were going to take the 49ers, and they did, which is what my cool and the Syracuse Hawkeyes did. They both took their 49ers selection, which we thought was really the strongest uh, available play mm-hmm. without potentially blowing a million-dollar bonus down the road. Sure. Now, a couple others here we're talking about. On top 247, this one, uh, this was one where he had a gut-check decision. Could have taken Kansas City and didn't and took New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Obviously, valuing the, uh, the, the, the saving of Kansas City until next week, having some additional value, value because he'd be eligible for the million-dollar bonus. So he made the gut check move and and did it. And we talked a lot about this. If you had the ability to take Tampa or Kansas City, would you take them this week or would you hold on? You know, and it's easy to say as a pundit or a strategist and things like that, but when you're in it, it's a whole different ball game. So on top, 247 took, uh, took the Saints. And then um, an uh, individual, uh, uh, an individual entrant, return a survivor that has really um, kind of been in the news of late. Uh, This was the individual that took the Titans on Christmas week. This was the individual for about a 48-hour period. It was within a two-team parlay of a pool scoop. Right. Uh, He took um, the Seattle uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, this week. He did have Tampa Bay available. So what a gut check move wow. to not take Tampa, take Seattle against the this upstart, you know, fighting Lions team. Uh, but uh, but uh, you know, fortune's been going uh, going the way of sur- return of Survivor here. So pretty interesting. And uh, Jeff, you made a comment about the return of Survivor pick just before we came on, which which adds even a little more risk to the deal. Yeah, I think when you look at next week, uh, the look-ahead lines uh, was KC minus 3 versus Denver and 16.5 versus versus Carolina for Tampa Bay. Um, But obviously, uh, with the Packers, uh, the Cowboys, and the Rams being in the driver's seat in terms of seeding there, you know, if those three teams win, you know, what does Tampa Bay have to play for next week? So a lot of things to kind of uh, evaluate when you look at it like that. Uh, and if you possibly don't think that, you know, Tampa Bay uh, is going to have anything to play for next week, you know, using them this week as opposed to saving them for next week, a lot of strategy behind that decision. 
That's really the danger of week 18 if a team pulls all their starters. Now, return of survivors, the only guy that has Tampa Bay left and uh, on top 247 and uh, Mike Cool, the only two entries that have Kansas City left, right? Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, again, we're really not trying to scrutinize it. We want to celebrate that these decisions these guys got to make. Awesome. Boy, oh, boy, what a week they had. Can I, can, James, would you have been able to sleep at all for the last couple weeks uh, down to the final five? This is this is crazy. Fellas, I'm getting sweaty palms as you guys are just <laughs> talking about it right now because I'm rooting for all these guys. I mean, yeah, we've been there from it when it comes to winning a contest, but something like this, this is probably, I, this has got to be the biggest payout we've ever had in contest history of any football contest out there in Las Vegas. So, yeah, would I be sleeping? Absolutely not. Derek, your project at the beginning of the year, you took a lot of heat wanting to give away this much money. Well, I think you've got what you asked for. We got we got some real drama going, my friend. Thank you, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you. We'll be back with more in a moment on the Pro Football Blitz. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the Pro Football Blitz is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch is available 
available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here inside the Pro Football Blitz. James, I promised you a, a couple more John Madden stories. And uh, in the last hour, we were discussing the Washington football team. And for some reason, I believe it was one of their players that triggered this story many years ago. This was early 90s. So we're looking at roughly 30 years ago when I was working with John. And I, I can't recall for sure, but uh, again, our morning DJ at KSFO, Gene Nelson and John, they were having one of their uh, daily chats. And it, it was probably a Monday or a Tuesday when they were looking back at the week that was in the NFL. And, and Gene was asking John about focus. It had really become a new buzzword in the NFL, and the players, you know, were saying, "We we just really weren't focused. We lost our focus." And so, so Gene's asking John, you know, what is this, John, with all these players, you know, and focus this and focus that, and we weren't focused or what have you? And and John responds, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, Gene. When I was coaching, we just used to concentrate." <laughs> <laughs> They they were classic, man. Every morning, it, it was absolutely a blast. I was a little sports reporter for that radio station, and uh, hearing those guys go at it every morning with some funny stuff was just classic John Madden. There he is there on your screen. But uh, what a special guy that uh, we were all uh, grateful to be a part of uh, for so many years uh, as NFL fans. All right, let's look at some of these plays in the Circa Survivor Contest and Circa Millions Contest. We'll go over the uh, top five consensus plays there first in the Circa Millions, James. No surprise with the Green Bay Packers on top. And for those not familiar, of course, the contest lines at Westgate and Circa come out on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. The Carson uh, went, or excuse me, the Kirk Cousins news uh, came out after that. And so the contest lines, uh, six and a half, I believe, in the Westgate and seven here at Circa, now the live line already to 13. So no surprise there that nearly 2,000 people in the contest jumped on the Green Bay Packers. The Rams is a little bit surprising to me, James. Uh, the Rams looked a little bit shaky, even though they won and covered against the Minnesota Vikings last week. Matthew Stafford had three interceptions. And I know Baltimore, they're so beat up. They've lost four in a row. But uh, this is kind of like, uh, you know, the last, ditch, uh, the last ditch effort for John Harbaugh and this club. And catching three and a hook, I, I was a little surprised to see that as the second most popular pick. Well, seeing where the number is moved to now with the Rams right. being favored at at six, and it's probably going to continue to climb, I think. Really, just the injuries to the Ravens' side is some COVID issues, but it's real. I think it's going to be Tyler Huntley that is going to be back under center for the Ravens. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be able to get out there and compete. He did practice on Wednesday in a limited fashion, saw tape of him, and he was limping around on the field. They took him off. He hasn't practiced since. So part of it there, but as far as the Rams' side is concerned, Brady, to, to your point, I, I don't like the scheduling spot for the Rams here at all. It's their third game in 13 days, and this is their third road game in the last four weeks. So it's been a lot of travel, and now you have a Rams team that, yeah, they're finding themselves on both sides of the football, uh, but going into a, a really a, a hungry Ravens team that is going to try to scrap and claw to get themselves into the playoffs. However, there is a bit of motivation here for the Rams. They get a couple years back. Monday night football, they got throttled, did the L.A. Rams by the Ravens at 
home 45 to 6. Aaron Donald has spoke about that all week long, saying this serves as motivation. We want some payback from that game two years ago. Yeah, you're right. There is some line value in the contest versus the live line in this game as well. And uh, I imagine it's probably going to stay that way because I think you're right. I think Tyler Huntley will get the call at quarterback for the Ravens, and he's proved to be pretty darn good. Uh, The Tyler Huntley Utah product for the Baltimore Ravens uh, in replacing Lamar Jackson there. You have the Titans laying three points there at home to the Miami Dolphins. An interesting game there. I believe that one is three and a half in the Westgate contest, but the flat three here in the Circa Millions makes sense that they would maybe go with the favorite. I imagine in the Westgate results, as far as a consensus play, I don't know if you'll see the Titans laying that extra half point. I don't think so with that hook, especially where it's going to be. This is going to be a really low-scoring game between these two teams. They're going to have to rely on their defenses. I don't like either quarterback in that spot. But, yeah, to your point, getting that extra hook, we know the number, key number of three sitting there. You get that three and a half. On Titans will... Maybe it's going to be the other side. You may see that might be more the consensus play with the Dolphins plus the three and a half. All right, let's look at Circa Survivor. And uh, we talked about it uh, with Derek and Jeff, how crazy this is. I mean, can you imagine having a ticket uh, with an inherent value of $1.2 million at this point? There's a $6 million prize, of course, and you've got five people left. So each ticket worth over a million dollars at this point. I mean, if you wanted to try and get down and hedge, uh, you'd you'd have to be trying to find a million dollars first and then be trying to find books all over the world that would take that kind of big action. Um, We were talking about it off air when uh, Derek and Jeff left the studio here. Uh, The 49ers do seem like a strong play to me at home against the Houston Texans, but probably going to have Trey Lance in that game. Uh, That'll make you sweat a little bit. Absolutely. A rookie rookie quarterback that Shanahan has he's said it before. We haven't seen Lance on the field since early October. And Shanahan has said clearly he's not ready to he's not quite ready to start at the NFL level. He's he's pretty green. We got some work to do, but you are playing the Houston Texans, although they were they were a killer last week, taking down the Chargers as that big underdog. And we've seen Houston a lot of talk about Detroit all season long and rightfully so, even though they have two only two wins, but they've been they've been playing hard. Each and every week, we've seen the Houston Texans doing kind of the same thing over the last month of the season. But yeah, as far as the number is concerned and what you had available with San Francisco, I think right now, Brady, whether it's San Francisco or any of these teams, the fact that that deadline is on Saturday afternoon, you've got, depending on what time your game kicks, another 24 hours to sweat out, making sure that everybody that you thought was going to be available is still going to be available because of all the COVID protocol. So you mentioned your your ticket value right now is $1.2 million and so much money on the line. That's so so stressful and so much. It it's, makes it so difficult just having, feeling the, the gravity and the weight of that on you each and every day throughout the course of the entire season when you're getting down this far. But then in the midst of COVID issues that we've seen over the last three weeks just intensifies that pressure no it really is crazy you and I both know the feeling and you actually won more money than I did when you won the super contest you won it four years after I did and that pool just kept getting bigger and bigger as more people participate Uh, I don't know if you and I have ever been uh, well you mentioned it probably the biggest payout of any contest ever in the history of football contests I know uh, we were not sitting there worrying about six million (laughs) dollars Oh, boy, that is really something. And, and, you know, Derek and I talked about this a little bit, too. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks, and and that guy had Tampa Bay in his pocket. 
Uh, I believe that was uh, Return of Survivor. Yeah, Return of Survivor, the graphic there on your screen. He took the Seattle Seahawks. Now, they are a decent-sized favorite over the Detroit Lions, and we'll break this game down further uh, later on in the program. But, boy, you know, pretty tough to go against this Lions squad right now that shows up every week. I'm not sure, you know, if Seattle will show up. They certainly didn't last week. And if you've got Tampa Bay in your pocket as, a, you know, nearly a 14-point favorite over the New York Jets, boy, I would just want to move on one more week rather than trying to save them. Well, just thinking about the Lions all season long, yeah, they've only won two games, and they do have that tie against Pittsburgh, but they've just been a sweat each and every week oh. through the course of Survivors. So even if you, we call them the Grim Reaper, right? Out, you're gonna have to. I know you're gonna have to deal with the Lions. Just the fact that they have been so competitive and such a sweat. We can we can think about last week with the Falcons and coming down first and goal inside the ten, timeouts in their pocket and forcing the football, but potentially can knock that out and win that game on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. The Lions, even though they've won only two games along with that tie, have really just been that complete survivor sweat all year long. Yeah, they've been the survivor Grim Reaper, like we uh, gave them that <laughs> moniker last week. The tie against Pittsburgh, that knocked people out. You know, if you, if you uh, are forced into a tie with your team, in Survivor, that took a lot of people out that were on the Steelers, and uh, they've had just remarkable sweats, not only last week against the Atlanta Falcons, but also earlier in the year. You remember you were on the Minnesota Vikings yep. when it was a last-second field goal that had to uh, get the Vikings into the win column in that one. Uh, they were talking about the booby prize. This guy has a three-game lead to finish in dead last uh, in the Circa, Circa Millions booby prize. They do award $100,000 for the one person that finishes dead last. James, do you think it'll ever happen where maybe they award like the top five worst finishers or do you think that'll just be kept for one guy? No, that's got to be a trophy, a solo trophy right there coming yeah. with the worst record. I'm just curious, is that by, is that by, is that intentional or did you just pick that poorly? <laughs> I, I imagine at this point it's intentional and he's Absolutely. been pretty darn successful at it too. All right, we'll be back with more in just a moment right here on VSIN. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, total, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. The Jacksonville Jaguars, James, had a uh, chance to pick up win number three on the season last week at the Jets with a first and goal to go situation and 32 seconds left in the game. And they found a way to mess that up. They could not convert. And they are now two and 13 on the year. The New England Patriots, meanwhile, they were beaten pretty handily by the Buffalo Bills in Foxborough, 33-21, to your final. The Patriots currently at 9-6 and six and are the sixth seed in the AFC playoff picture. 
Uh, I made this line a big one. I made it 16 in favor of the home team Patriots, and that is where it opened. My deeper number crunch produced Patriots minus 14 and a half and Patriots minus 11. The initial money came in quickly on Jacksonville, but it looks like it started to go the other way, trickling in on the big favorite. Currently, New England, a 16 and a half point favorite with a total of 41 and a half. James, can Jacksonville possibly make this competitive? No, no. I who who on there thinking about this Jacksonville team? This is a team that's still in transition. You just had your coach fired, and you're going to see a whole new coaching regime coming in there for next season. So coaches are going to be looking for other jobs, as well as players wondering if they're even going to be on this roster next year and what are they playing for? They're playing for a uh, maybe this is really a, a tryout in a sense of for a, and a rehearsal for next year for somebody else, another team out there. But you're playing individually, not collectively as a team here, and I think that's the biggest issue. Even if this team, and there's a number of players right now for Jacksonville on COVID protocol, so I'm not even sure of who's actually going to be available, as well as probably their best offensive player, James Robinson, last week went down with the Achilles injury, so he's out. He's not going to play here. I can only look at the Patriots' side if I was going to get involved in this game. Now, they got a few players in COVID protocol. Matthew Judon was on there. I don't see him on that list now. Maybe he's been cleared and he's good to go. I think also there's a few injuries, though, that are pretty key as well. Dante Hightower, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar are on the on – the, they're questionable as far as injuries are concerned. Didn't practice a whole lot this week either. If I was going to get involved, I'd need to know the status of those defensive players. But even – from that standpoint here, it's more so thinking about last week's game against the Bills and the, the the nature of what that game plan was defensively for the Patriots in that contest going in. I really felt like they there was they played a lot of coverage in that in that game against Josh Allen and that Bills offense. A lot of times just rushing seven or just rushing four, sometimes just three. At one point, I'd say a couple couple of possession or a couple of plays, they only rushed two players, dropped nine guys into coverage, and that's fine. Uh, occasionally here if you want to play some coverage, but you got to mix up some some pressure here and really just didn't see that out of the Patriots. It was almost like, well, we're just going to sit back and wait for the Bills to either get greedy and try to fire something down the field and, or, and lose their discipline, or we'll make a play at some point in the game. But I think what happened was it kind of took away the physicality, the, the, the physicality from the New England Patriots. You know, inherently, these guys, you strap on a helmet, There's there you have this kind of innate nature in you to want to go put a lick on somebody and crack somebody when you're constantly having to sit back in in a passive coverage I think that took away some of their aggressiveness because they were really they were really poor in the tackling department for the New England Patriots in that game defensively against the Buffalo Bills credit the Buffalo Bills they came in they took it they won the game they earned it but I just felt like that game plan really took was really passive in nature and they never got their mind right when it came to just the physical nature of football, Brady. Well, let's see what they do here. I don't know if that really matters when you're playing a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, but this is a big number to lay here for the Patriots. I'd need to make sure if I was going to lay that big number with New England, especially on the defensive side, do we have enough of these key players going to be available through COVID and or the injuries that they sustained from last week? Are they going to be available? 
remains to be seen until the inactive reports come out. But on the other side, Brady, I don't want anything to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This team's a complete wreck. Even if their roster was completely intact and nobody's sick and everybody's healthy, I still wouldn't want anything to do with Jacksonville. Yeah, no, I'm with you on Jacksonville. And I actually, I I did make a play on the New England Patriots uh, as far as teasing them down. I teased them down under the key number of 10. Uh, when their spread uh, was, I think, at 15 and a half a little earlier in the week. And I, and I really don't even mind teasing it at this point. Um, I, I would absolutely lay the points here. I think New England might just lay waste to this Jacksonville Jaguars team. You talk about Bill Belichick off of a loss. You talk about that effort defensively last week against the Buffalo Bills, James. Also, the history for Bill Belichick and facing a rookie quarterback and what disarray this Jacksonville team is in. No James Robinson, like you mentioned. Uh, I, I would I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if New England won this game by about 25 points. Um, Jacksonville has given up two kickoff returns for touchdowns and a blocked punt for a touchdown in its last two games. They are 0 and 10 straight up and four and six against the spread in their final road game of the season, going back to 2011. Uh, New England 21 and six against the number as a double digit favorite of fewer than 20 points going back to 2015, including 13-1 and against the number in a non-division game. The Miami Dolphins and Tennessee Titans, an interesting game here that we touched on. The Tennessee Titans, one of the most popular picks, the third most popular pick in the Circa Millions consensus top five. I think it'll be a very interesting game. The warm weather Dolphins will be facing some weather here. Temperatures in the mid 40s in Nashville, uh, possibly snow and rain. Miami, of course, they have won seven in a row, James, but they are on a short week and they played on Monday night in that win over the New Orleans Saints, but the Titans are on extra rest. Of course, they beat the San Francisco 49ers last Thursday night. I made this number three in favor of Tennessee, and it opened at three and a half. Now, my deeper stats actually both produced Dolphins minus one. Right now, we are at Titans minus three and a half with a total of 40. Which one, uh, which side are you looking at? Well, let's start here. Let's go to the first page I have open with the COVID list. There was some COVID issues going on with the Tennessee Titans this week, and right now that that COVID list for the Tennessee Titans on here is getting shorter. So Bud Dupree and Danico Autry have both been taken off. They have been activated to be on the roster for this Sunday matchup. Julio Jones has not been activated. Neither has Jayon Brown, their linebacker. So they're they're getting healthier, and that's what Tennessee, and we know offensively some of the issues they've had, not only in the offensive line due to injury, with Derrick Henry being gone, as well as in and out with, with Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. Brown is good to go. He had a full practice on Friday, so he will be out there for the Tennessee Titans. The other side of the football for the Miami Dolphins, this is a team relatively healthy this deep into the season coming into this matchup here, and yeah, they've won seven games straight, so good for them. They're playing the teams that are on their schedule. All you got to do is I, all, that nothing else you can do but try to beat the teams that they have lined up in front of you, but the teams that they've beat, Brady, not too impressive of a list here during this seven-game win streak. Combined, collectively, their win percentage is sitting at 355, and during those seven weeks that Miami has been winning those teams for whether it be through some of the injuries that they've had that we've seen with New Orleans that barely could fill the team on Monday night, as well as Baltimore, who was really short in that Thursday night matchup against the Dolphins. That was part of that win streak collectively during the seven game win streak. Those seven teams that they faced have a 272 winning percentage. These are not good football teams that they faced. 
this is going to be a different matchup here going on the road against Tennessee, that their defense is getting healthier here. And I think Mike Vrabel, we've seen how Tua plays. It, 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 that offense is really built on short passing. It's, it's all about the timing. It's all about the rhythm for Tua. I think Vrabel will be, now that he's getting healthier on the defensive side, be able to disguise enough coverages to confuse that offensive line for the starters when it comes to the pass protection schemes up front. That's the issue for me here with this offensive line. I don't like this offensive line for Miami. I think it's going to be a tough matchup going against the Tennessee Titans here. I'm not going to pick a side. I'm not going to play this total either. I don't trust either of these quarterbacks when you think about Tannehill on the other side. He's been sacked 45 times this year and going to face a Miami team that has 45 sacks on the season. Tough defenses on both sides. Probably going to be a very low-scoring game, but I did play one of the quarterback totals here as far as the prop was concerned for Tua. His passing yardage, I thought, was way too high, sitting at 247.5 passing yards to go on the road here against this matchup here against Tennessee getting healthier on the defensive side. Uh, you mentioned the weather as well. I'm going to take the under Tua's passing yards. I don't trust him in this spot here. I think it's going to be a lot of short passes coming out of Tua's hands, 247.5 passing. I'm taking the under. All right, very good. Yeah, I know you had some success on those player props last week. This week, you've got Tua to the under as far as passing yards total. You've got Joe Burrow to the over his passing yard total, and then also Tom Brady over two-and-a-half touchdown passes. Uh, during their seven-game winning streak, the Dolphins have given up just three touchdown passes. Ryan Tannehill has just one touchdown pass in his last three games. You talked about the sacks. Miami has turned into a sack machine. They lead the NFL. Conversely, Tennessee, 29th in the league in sacks allowed. I stayed away from this game because of the weather. I think it does cater to the Tennessee Titans style. We will see a uh, big difference in the contests here. The Westgate with three and a hook, Circa with a flat three. We'll be back in just a moment with more on the Pro Football Blitz. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, and Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all for free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Time to go over our best bets now inside the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. And James, uh, one of your best bets we were just talking about in the last segment, Tua Tangvaloa to go under his passing yard total. That number at 247.5 is where you got it. And I did want to mention a couple other things about that game. Uh, We talk about, of course, the Miami Dolphins on a seven-game winning streak. We talk about the weather here. How is that going to affect a warm weather team, and then the inability of the Tennessee Titans to protect Ryan Tannehill against the number one team in the league right now as far as sacking the opposing QB. Uh, NFL underdogs that have won exactly seven games in a row. They're 13-3 and three against the spread in their next game, their eighth game, or what would be their eighth win in a row, since 2002. Uh, so a lot of the numbers and a lot of the situations here point towards the Dolphins, but... I couldn't get there. We talked about the difference in the contest number. At three and a half, I could certainly see a play on the Dolphins, um, but I don't really want to lay it with the Titans, although I feel the the weather absolutely favors Mike Vrabel and that style, that very physical play uh, that they uh, you know have shown throughout the entire year and under Vrabel's coaching tenure there in Tennessee. Um, but I think really what maybe the best play it all adds up to is, is your play on Tua. I mean, look at just look at the total in this game. He's not expected to throw for 300 yards, right? Well, and the fact that his total is as high as it is, sitting at 247 and a half, he's only surpassed that total three times in 10 starts. I won't even use the Bills start. He's actually started 11, but that Bills game, he didn't last very long, got knocked out with a chest injury. So I didn't even count that one within that. So three times in those games, and those three times that he's surpassed that number going over 247, we're against Jacksonville, Atlanta, and the New York Jets. So, yeah, good luck to you, Tua. This is going to be a rough one here at at Tennessee. It's going to be a competitive game, defensive game for sure. Kind of lean towards the Titans side just because I like that offensive line. They're getting back. They're getting healthier in this matchup here because I don't like that Miami Dolphins offensive line. They were able to sustain on the road on Monday night against New Orleans, but that New Orleans team was completely decimated due to COVID and we talked about the the streak that the Dolphins are on. Good for them. They got to play the teams that are in front of them. But those seven games that they've won have been far inferior competition compared to what they're going to see against the Tennessee Titans team, especially a defense that has gotten healthier for this matchup. And I uh, do have a teaser, a two-team six-point teaser with the Dolphins teased up to nine and a half. I have that paired with the Giants plus 12 
Uh, both of those games are expecting weather, James. Both of those games, the Giants and the Bears, the Titans and the Dolphins, uh, have very low totals as well. So getting that many points, and again, we talked about the Giants and the Bears earlier in the program. I, I just really don't know how Chicago can be a touchdown favorite over anybody. Uh, I'm not comfortable playing the Giants uh, other than, you know, double digits here. So I went and teased that one all the way up to plus 12 again with the Dolphins at plus nine and a half. Uh, I, I'm hoping, you know, you know how it is the general uh, thought process. If you're taking that many points with a low total, that's kind of a traditional handicapping move. Yeah, and the Bears will have to score at least 13 points to beat you in that game. Good luck on that, considering <laughs> how bad the weather is going to be. And Andy Dalton getting back in the, at the start of the quarter, you know, being the starting quarterback in this game. I, I don't know. the Bear. This Bears team is uh, outside of, could it be recency bias, just seeing how they were able to come back on the road last week at Seattle and win that game outright. And, 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 then, for two and then Nick and Foles go for the isn't going to start. Nick Foles is not Exactly. Gonna, you know. And he, he found he struggled in that first half and really got his rhythm going in that second half. He's a really rhythm passer, too. But Dalton hasn't shown anything this season when it comes to playing for the Bears. At, not sure what they're doing at the quarterback position. Yeah, getting the 12 points, that's probably the better side. My only concern, Brady, with the Giants, regardless of whether you tease it or whatever number you have, is just offensively. They can't throw the football. We already know that. The weather's not going to be conducive to throwing the football either, but these guys are just not good. I just Hopefully, there's not turnovers on a short field that lead to some easy field. You know, short fields, easy points for the Bears offense. You've got uh, another play here, a two-team money line parlay on the Chargers and the Cowboys. And then I have a two-team six-point teaser with the Bengals up to plus 11 and the Cardinals up to plus 12. So here's another one of those situations. You can have the Cowboys winning the game, but just don't win by more than 12. Yeah, we got a big middle there, don't we? And thinking about where the Cowboys stand in this matchup, could they be a little letdown coming off of Big Sunday night football win against division rival, the Washington football team, especially blowing them out the way that they did. But I think the Cowboys now are finally fully healthy. Tyron Smith will be back on that offensive line. I think Dak said it after the game. He was like, yeah, a lot of talk about uh, about me not being back to full strength, not being back to speed. Am I slumping those kind of things? I think they wanted to get that out of the way. And I think here, just a little revenge factor for the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Arizona Cardinals last year. The week that the next week after Dak Prescott went down with that ankle injury was lost for the season. It was the Cowboys taking on the Arizona Cardinals down there in Big D, and they got throttled 38-10. to 10. Starting quarterback in that game, we were just talking about him. Andy Dalton did not perform well. The whole team didn't perform well, and they got hammered by the Cardinals. And I think this is where the Cowboys are going to be looking, not only thinking about where they want to go and get the momentum building the way that they have going into the playoffs, but ultimately here thinking about last year, too, and a little redemption tour for how they really got worked by the Arizona Cardinals. And right now, the Cardinals losing three straight this is a team that is psychologically shaky. Think about how they started off very well last year and and stumbled down the stretch. We're starting to see the same thing here with the three losses in a row. Keep this in mind for the Cardinals, too. Their sack leader, it, it's Marcus Golden, did not clear COVID protocol on Saturday, did not fly with the Cowboys to or did not fly to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. He will not be available for the Cardinals defense on Sunday. We talked about both of these games earlier in the program, and they make up my two legs of my final uh, two-team six-point teaser, and that is the Patriots tease down to nine and a half. I wanted to really get it under the key number of 10. 
and not a traditional teaser, obviously, taking a team down from 15 and a half or 16 or what have you, but I still wanted to get it under 10. And then the uh, Indianapolis Colts, when they were seven-point favorites, got them down to just minus one. Uh, the Colts in some shops all the way up to minus eight-and-a-half-point favorites now over the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I think you and I both agree with this one here. Uh, I know you and I both are not uh, one that takes kindly to laying 16, 17 points in the case of the Patriots, but are you okay with uh, nine and a half and one for the Colts? All you need is 10 points, and I think you'll be okay for the Patriots here. I don't know how, how Jacksonville is going to score in this game. They've struggled to score all season long. Now you're going to go on the road. You're, they're really decimated on both sides of the football here because of the, the COVID situation as well as injuries. James Robinson not going to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not sure any points come on the board for this team here. For Jacksonville on the road to New England, thinking about that, for that Raiders game against the Colts, Feels like this number continues to climb in favor of the Colts. And it just feels like a little overreaction to me because the speculation is that Carson Wentz will be able to play. I don't know. What is it that Carson Wentz brings? Yeah, it's a great, a big upgrade from where they're at with Ellinger going to make his first start, the rookie from Texas, if he has to get in there and play for the Colts. But uh, it's going to be the running game for Indianapolis getting back on track with that offensive line, getting getting healthier for this matchup with the Raiders. But the Raiders, you know, they're, this is one of those teams that's been difficult to to, to figure out all season long, able to squeeze out a win last week against the Denver Broncos here and playing with a little momentum from that standpoint. Denzel Perryman will be available for this matchup. He roams the middle for that defense for the Raiders, and I think he's key to helping try to at least not going to stop the run for Indy, but at least try to contain Jonathan Taylor a bit. Yeah, I, I do think uh, eight and a half is getting a little rich. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind playing the Colts at less than a touchdown, but again, they have a history of not being great as a big home favorite, uh, eight and a half is starting to get a little rich for my blood. Uh, one play that we are kind of on the same side here. You've got Joe Burrow to go over 280 and a half passing yards against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that is one of the legs of my teasers. I have the Bengals teased up to plus 11, James. And I think what we've seen from the Chiefs, the defensive moves they've made, some of the switching of personnel, they played a lot more cover two. Now, we know Spags is going to throw a lot of different fronts up there, but ultimately they played a lot of cover two during this eight-game win streak. And I think that's where Joe Burrow, we know how aggressive he is. He's not afraid to throw the ball down the seams. That's what's open against the cover two. And Casey's kind of been bend but don't break. We'll let you do what you want to do inside the 20 or it, with – outside the 20s, but once you get in the red zone, that's where we bear down. I think that's where Burrow finds a lot of success as far as the yardage is concerned, outside the 20s, being able to throw the football against that Chiefs cover two. All right, another hour in the books. When we come back, we get to the final game in the early window of the Week 17 NFL card right here on the Pro Football Blitz. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. 
In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.